I'm, uh, we're still in Luke, uh, as the pastor loved. He's done some of the good ones. I, I got Luke 16, 19 through 31. It's, it's got a title, The Rich Man and Lazarus. There once was a rich man expensively dressed in the latest fashions, wasting his days in conspicuous consumption. A poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, had been dumped on his doorstep. All he lived for was to get a meal of scraps off the rich man's table. His best friends were the dogs who came and licked his sores. Then he died, this poor man, was taken up by the angels to the lap of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell and in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham in the distance and Lazarus in his lap. He called out, Father Abraham, mercy, have mercy. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in the water to cool my tongue. I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you got the good things and Lazarus got the bad? It's not like that here. Here he's consoled and you're tormented. Besides, in all these matters there is a huge chasm set between us so that no one can go from us to you or you to us. The rich man said, well then, let me ask you, father, send him to the house of my father where I have five brothers, so he can tell them the score and warn them so they won't end up here in the place of torment. Abraham answered, they have Moses and the prophets to tell them the score, let them listen to them. I know, Father Abraham said, but they're not listening. If someone, oh, this is a rich guy, sorry about that. I know, Father Abraham, but they're not listening. If someone came back from the dead, they could, they would change their ways. Abraham replied, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they're not going to be convinced by someone who rises from the dead. Amen. Amen. What's in it for them? What's in it for them? I like the fact that this is saying, and the title, isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious that we right now are supposed to be setting a lifestyle of generosity, helping the poor, clothe the naked, feed the poor, go on from there, visit the ones in the hospitals or care, don't let people be lonely. Offer generosity when you can. Um, in Leviticus, uh, tomorrow night, one of the things says, if you have the ability, you see a need, and you have the ability to meet it, and don't do it, that's a sin. Jesus said it, didn't say it that way, but Jesus has the same philosophy. And, and let's face it, even when Jesus died, he came back from the dead. People still didn't believe him. So when Father Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, or in our case, the apostles, Pest and Paul, and the others that have written, they're not going to be convinced by someone who is rising from the dead. We haven't seen Jesus. We didn't, we know Jesus rose from the dead and went to sit beside the Father. But we have no idea if we would believe, if he came back, said we would believe that or not. It's an act of faith, of trust, of caring. 
we have set in our church a bunch of philosophies. We have a whole little layout called our church foundational verses. And, and we all need, if you're listening or knowing, you need to go there and say, hey, what are our verses? And if you're real lucky, hang on. Where's my verses? There we go. You'll find a little picture that kind of looks like this. And it'll tell you things like, what is the foundation of our church? Well, it's Matthew 22, 34 through 40, where the Pharisees heard how Jesus had best the Sadducees, so they came to see if they can challenge God or Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, what's the most important one? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first one on any list. But there's a second set beside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two are pegs. Everything in God's law and prophets hangs on them. That's our foundation. In some respects, when, when Abraham told them, if you're not listening to your leaders now, to the writings you've seen, why in the world do you think they would listen to someone that came back and haunted them? In fact, was it uh, a, um, Charles Dickens? A Christmas Carol? Yep. That's the basis of the whole thing, isn't it? I don't know how many versions of movies they have for that. But it's the same thing. Hey, I'm going to send somebody bound and see if you'll change your ways. He does. But you know, that shouldn't be challenged like that because Jesus set out and said what? Love others as you love yourself. How many of you can honestly say you love yourself? How many of you turned off that switch in your head that says when you do something, oh crap, I did that wrong, shame on me, and take yourself down. Stop it. Turn the switch off. You're to love yourself as God loves you. And that love is never turned off. It's never stopped. It's always there. So don't turn it off in your mind because you are part of God and God loves you unconditionally. Then we have some quarter verses. One of them is Micah 6, 8. You've heard us say that. But he's already made, God's already made a plan on how to live, what to do, which is the same thing we're going to say in, in Matthew again. Um, it's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love and don't take yourself too seriously. Take God 100% seriously. And that corresponds to Matthew 25 where it says, what should we do to show us people that we, we know you, we know we're loved? How do we share that? I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Homeless, you gave me a room. Shivering, you gave me clothes. Sick, and you stopped to visit. And in prison, and you still came to visit me. Those are ways we what? Show our love and God's love to those around us. And then James 3 Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with one another. Oh my God, they keep pointing this at us. Doesn't that sound like what we studied today? Point about what? Getting along with another, helping those. This rich man didn't do anything to help Lazarus. Lazarus was always hopeful every day, what? That he'd get a scrap. There was no guarantee that rich. I bet some days that rich man ate every bit of it and didn't share any of it with Lazarus or the dogs. Not one bit of it. 
That's not sharing love. That's what we're called to do, folks. In Romans 8, another corner stone. I got something like So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition, exposing himself to the worst by sending God's own son, is there anything else God could, wouldn't do and gladly, freely do for us? Remember that. It goes on further, but if God is for us, no one can stand against us. If God is for us and helping us, we have what? The ability to help those around us, to share God's unconditional love every day in our lifestyle. Then we have to put a roof on it, don't we? Our roof, John 14, 1 through 4. Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? That's what they were saying. Isn't that what Father Abraham said? If you trusted God and listened to your leaders, you would be in heaven too, poor rich man. You trust God, don't you? Trust me, there's plenty of room for you in God's home. If that weren't so, I would have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you. I would have, wouldn't have told you that, but I have. I'm on my way to get a room ready for you. It'll be perfect, you'll love it. And the last one is John 3, 16. And we're gonna do all the way to 18 because 16 is too short, which I see so many times in all the ball games. This is how much God loved the world. God gave God's only son, God's one and only son. And that is why, and this is why, so that one need be destroyed, so no one need to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending God's son here, merely to point an accusing finger and say, hey, you screwed up, hey, you screwed up, hey, you screwed up. No, God didn't do that. God sent Jesus to help us, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in Jesus is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because that, that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind son of God introduced to them. If you think of all those verses, if you think of a structure, we've built a rather strong one, haven't we, at this church? October is just Saturday, less than seven days. I wore this one. It's the only pride shirt I've ever bought from 2002. Pride's coming up, uh, I believe it's around October 11th somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's the national today. coming out day. But I brought this one because it was the only pride shirt I love because it has an American flag and in Rainbow 02, 2002. It was the first pride after 9-11. And we all gathered together to make sure the world knew they were loved by God, accepted by everyone. Don't let the world and all the wills of others that are trying to take us down do it. Stand up, be proud. Isn't it obvious? You know God, God knows you. You have the best resource available to you 
to what? To get ahead? To help others? And to know in your mind you're alone. And from that, shut off those negative things you're saying about yourself or others and look for the positive in everyone. So this week I challenge you next week to tell me what is it you've done? What did you see after hearing this that you knew you need to reach out and help? That's what we need to do every day. May God bless you. Amen.